Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Krops. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. It's Tuesday here on Political Coffee. Lots to talk about. And I want to kind of focus, at, at least initially here, on um, Measure 110 and the fixes of it here in Oregon. The story broke yesterday that, uh, and and by the way, we will uh, uh, hope to have uh, Senator Linthicum joining us at the bottom of the hour as normal, and he will be, to talk about his latest um, newsletter, which is entitled Government is costly. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk with him about that because it is absolutely a truism. Anyway, um, so Measure 110. Yesterday, uh, after the show was over, we uh, the story broke that there was... Oregon had a 41% increase in fentanyl deaths, 41%. That's huge. The headline on coin six is Oregon sees staggering 41% increase in fentanyl deaths, highest in the nation. Okay. The city of Portland, the state, Multnomah County, declared this 90-day state of emergency. But yesterday, Multnomah County Commissioner Sharon Mirren and Julia Brim Edwards criticized this effort with claims that almost 20 days later, they hadn't seen any action. Coin Six News, the article says, pointed out that Multnomah County Chair Jessa, Jessica Vega, Vega Peterson seems like the agency was choosing to address gaps in communication between the city, the state, and the county rather than actually addressing the fentanyl emergency itself. Now I'm going to stop there. Is this not what I told you would happen? You know, I'm going to be a little bit like Rush Limbaugh here and say, see, I told you so. It would be total. Smoke and mirrors. Do nothing. But make it look like we really care. It's a 90-day state of emergency. Now, yesterday, um, there were six, six, excuse me, seven. I can't talk this morning. My bad. Too much good food and fun last night at the political coffee clutch. If you. You missed it. You missed a good one. I'll go over that in a moment here. But yesterday, seven suspected fentanyl dealers were arrested by the by in downtown Portland, the open air drug market. 
by the Portland Police Bureau and the Oregon State Police Bike Squad because, you know, if Portland can't get their act together, we have to put state troopers in downtown Portland. And they should be out on the roads protecting you and I. At any rate, they arrested seven of them yesterday. Hmm. That, that's interesting. The story breaks. And immediately, seven of the fentanyl dealers get arrested. I wonder how that happened. Hmm. Just coincidence, you say? Yeah, right. Vega Peterson, the Multnomah County chair, is saying, you know, we're bringing all these resources and expertise together so we can address this huge crisis. More bureaucrat politician doublespeak. Brim Edwards says she's not satisfied with what she heard. She said, not at all. Collaboration can't be the primary outcome. Hello. Absolutely right. But that's what the left always does. Now, Jeff Helfrich, the Republican leader of the House, sent out a response to the news breaking that Oregon had a 41% increase in fentanyl deaths. Now, Kevin Mannix has his own plan. Now, we have competing plans, right? The Democrats want to put forward a do-nothing plan. And, and by the way, folks, I, I, I'm going to read you just the stunning um, statement by the people that are running ads who favor keeping Measure 110 just as it is. Remember how, you know, imagery is everything, right? You just have to make it look like you're doing something. You know, sort of like what the governor and Multnomah County and Ted Wheeler are, you know, this 90 days emergency, we're really looking like we're going to do something. So 20 days in, well, they're just trying to, they're just trying to get their act together with communication first. <laughs> Collaboration can't be the outcome. Julia Bram Edwards, a member of the Multnomah County Commission, is right on the money. That can't be the outcome, but that's what they're doing. I told you so. It would all be smoke and mirrors. Well, by the way, the seven fentanyl dealers, suspected fentanyl dealers, got arrested yesterday when the news broke. Oh, we got to do something. Hurry up. Go arrest a bunch of people. That was the phone call that came. I'll guarantee you, folks. Behind the scenes, to the superintendent of state police from the governor's office, you arrest a bunch of those people now. And they did. The question is, will Mike Schmidt, the George Soros-funded woke DA of Multnomah County, will he actually prosecute them? Hmm. So Kevin Mannix has his own plan to overall overhaul 110. This is a story that's in the Oregon Catalyst today. He releases that. It's really splitting the baby, folks. That's all it is. Now, is it going to work? It's going to make drug possession a special misdemeanor with continuous, compassionate care supervision. 
Does it make it a class A like the Republicans want, which is mandatory jail time and a long jail time and mandatory treatment, which is the only way this is going to work? Doesn't make it that. It doesn't make it a class C misdemeanor, which is 30 days in jail and no mandatory drug treatment. That's what the Democrats want, just a higher fine, which is totally meaningless. What Kevin's idea is this new unclassified misdemeanor will incorporate a continuum of care from the point of arrest forward, and if the drug possessor is found guilty, to maintain the requirement for a continuum of care for a year from the date of the arrest. They could serve their time in jail or in a residential treatment program or residence at home with regular community treatment and supervision or other forms of supervised rehabilitation. There is part of his plan for incarceration. So if the person is in care and they drop out of care, you know, at home or in a treatment program, then does it does it say that you got to go to jail then? If you drop out, you got to go to jail. There's a lot to it. What do you think? Can you split the baby here? Can you? It's an interesting story. We'll continue to talk about it and maybe we'll have uh, the opportunity to get Kevin on the phone to talk about it perhaps this week. Jeff Helfrich, it's his response to a 1,500% overdose increase. That's the headline. 1,500% overdose increase of fentanyl. And the people who brought us Measure 110 don't want to do anything about it. In fact, they want to keep it just like it is. In fact, here's what they said. They're blaming the fentanyl increase all of a sudden hitting Oregon. They're blaming it on COVID, folks. I kid you not. Supply chain disruptions. Can you believe these idiots? They say it's supply. Let let me read it to you. The Pacific Northwest, this is the um, this is the Health Justice Recovery Alliance. They're the ones who backed 110, uh, Measure 110. They say the Pacific Northwest was the last region in the country to get fentanyl. And the supply chain disruptions of COVID-19 led to a swift transition from a total heroin market to a total fentanyl market, meaning that Oregon's drug supply became even more toxic and deadly overnight. State leaders were aware of the data trends as fentanyl traveled from east to west 
yet did nothing to prepare for the incoming crisis. We must look to the massive increase in fentanyl overdose deaths in Oregon as a reason to uphold and expand Measure 110 services. Failing to do so would not only punish the same individuals our state has been failing for decades. Folks, the fentanyl problem in Oregon did not come from east to west. These people, you know, these are Marxists. These are George Soros people. They will lie and say whatever they need to say. In fact, they're running ads. Okay? They're running ads that say recriminalizing addiction will disrupt public health's investments. Then they have a little logo. It's Measure 110, and it's got a hand, a couple of hands, and in it is a heart. And under that, it says, new services, real hope. You're kidding me. This is like saying, hey, you know what? We want it to stay just like it is because we know it's going to work someday. Of course, it hasn't worked for the last two plus years. We've seen a staggering death rate in Oregon. But it's just because we haven't given it enough time to work. You believe that? What do you think? 503-589-1220. Can you believe these people? Tone deaf. Illogical. Or is it something even more sinister? And can Kevin Mannix split the family? Back to Mobile 624. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we're back, my friends. Hey, thanks for all of you who showed up last night at the Political Coffee Clatch at Sparky's. It was a great evening. Senator Kim Thatcher uh, was there with us. So was Brent Barker, who we'll have on the air at some point here soon, uh, who is a Republican running for the Secretary of State, business guy, athletic trainer, athletic club owner. Uh, and Julie Hoy, who will also be joining us. She's Salem City Councilor, running for mayor of Salem. She'll be joining us Monday live here on the show. So you'll be a, have an opportunity to hear from Julie, and I told her to just be prepared for an extended period of talking about important things. Crime, homelessness, all of that came up last night as people were asking her questions at the political coffee clutch. So again, thanks to all of you who showed up. We had a great group there last night, and we will keep moving forward with every opportunity that we can during the legislative session. Every Monday night, we're going to be at Sparky's during the Capitol, uh, while the Capitol's in session. It's important. You need to be aware of what's going on, and you've got to be active, friends. 
got to pick up the phone or write emails or go come to the war room, which will be this Thursday over at the Ike box in the Bay room, right behind the stage on the ground floor. We're there from eight until 3 PM every Thursday while the legislature's in session. And the important thing is, is that bring your laptop or iPad or whatever, get connected to the legislative system. Be looking at specific bills that we're tracking on the OregonCitizensLobby.org website, OregonCitizensLobby.org website. Look under legislative alerts and you'll see the various categories. You can click on them and you can see the bills that we oppose and those we support. OregonCitizensLobby.org. Come and join us every Thursday in the war room. The Ike Box Coffee House, which is on the northwest corner of the Capitol Mall, the end of the Capitol Mall, Chemeketa Street, okay? Right next to the YMCA. Art writes about Oregon having the dubious distinction of having the highest fentanyl deaths, the highest increase of fentanyl deaths in the nation. Here's what he says. This is what happens when you make your state a sanctuary state. Sanctuary for illegals sanctuary for drugs I don't know what do you think about that hmm? by the way somebody who's dealing with this at the county level every single day is the Marion County Commission so Marion County Commissioner Danielle Bethel is going to be speaking at the Life Church Wednesday night, February 21st. This Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. at Life Church, which is at 255 College Drive Northwest here in Salem. So Life Church is part of the Salt and Light Council, which is a great group, biblical-based group that is politically active. Commissioner Daniel Bethel is going to be speaking about county government and how you can influence county government. Okay, so she's is also going to take questions, and one of the questions should be the county's approach to homelessness and drug addiction under Measure 110, because they do have an impact. Okay, so again, this Wednesday night, February 21st, 6.30 p.m. at Life Church, 255 College Drive, Northwest in Salem. Commissioner Daniel Bethel. All right. So one of the things that's so important is that we take a stand with people that are like-minded. The purpose of this radio show, of course, is to talk about political issues that are important in our life every day and how we can use them to change our world. And we do that by having those persuasive conversations with persuadable people. Now, last night at the Coffee Clatch, I shared with you how to lobby the first part of lobbying any office holder, whether it's Julie Hoy as mayor or city councilor or Danielle Bethel as a Uh, Marion County Commissioner, or it's your school board, or the legislature. There are certain things you have to do. It's based on our years of 
of just experience in being lobbied when I was lobbied, when I was serving in the House of Representatives and what really works and what's effective and how you can be effective at that. One of the people that are effective is PacWest Lobby. They're one of our advertisers and friends. They're engaged right now in a lot of these issues on behalf of their clients in the legislative process, but they also work with cities and they work with counties and they work with candidates. They help manage associations that just need some greater structure and management. If you need help with government at any level, if you need help, if you have an association and, and you guys have an issue and you need to get it to a higher level, why don't you call PW Lobby, PacWest Lobby. Go to their website, pwlobby.com, pwlobby.com. Dwight write a great email about electric army tanks. Yeah, folks. This is the stupidity of Joe Biden and all the radicals in government. That think you can make airliners electric. Army tanks electric. Imagine that. Pretty soon they're going to try to make jet fighters electric. People are idiotic beyond the street. Senator Dennis Lithic comes back in a moment. We come back from the break. Government is costly. It's his latest newsletter. We'll talk about it. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-four minutes before the top down. Great to have you with us. 503-589-1220 is that power of Buick GMC talk line. In just a moment, we'll have our weekly visit with State Senator Dennis Linthicum. Here's an interesting story. Can Texas stop Soros, George Soros, from taking over conservative radio? Oh, that's going to be interesting. you got to love Texas for a lot of reasons. This could be the new Alamo. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the stunning news yesterday that Oregon leads the nation in fentanyl deaths, a 41% increase. Yet the people who brought us Measure 41, Measure 110, are saying, hey, don't change it. It's just fine the way it is. It'll work if you give it enough time. Really? Hmm. Let's talk to State Senator Dennis Lithicum. Senator, I, I know that's not part of your newsletter, and I do want to get to your newsletter here, but you got to be kidding me. These people are defending what's going on. Right. You, you know, there's a big disconnect. They're, they're not defending what's going on. They can see what's going on. You can see what's going on. I can see what's going on. They're just lying for their own benefit, for their own gain. I had um, asked me uh, the, the union for behavioral health workers and whatever come into my office. And to a person... They wanted more money. They wanted better hours. They wanted, you know, union benefits type thing. And the other thing that they wanted was 
they need more service providers because they're not enough. They work so hard. They work in dangerous conditions and on and on and on. And so what you see, and this is, uh, you can read this into my newsletter, but I didn't say it specifically, and maybe I ought to take pen to paper and write about this, is you see that when something goes wrong and it's a, a, the enterprise is run by the state, it's no problem. All we have to do is hire more people. This means we have more voters, we have more union employees, we can then arm wrestle the public for more money. And every time we get involved in one of these, quote, catastrophes, Government is supposedly can save us. Government can figure out the way out of this ditch that they drove us into. But it's not true because they don't understand how to solve problems. They only know how to make them. And this is the problem. People are going to have to come to grips with this. The state government cannot solve our problems. Our problems can only be solved by, you know, in my mind, quite frankly, a spiritual waking, God, family, liberty, freedom, education, all of these things that we keep sponsoring in bills that never go anywhere um, are bills that would help change the underlying mentality of the public who is so dependent on everything the government does. It, it, it's really a tough problem, and and actually, your listeners and everybody in my home county, we've got to throw Democrats out of office. There, I said it. We've got to throw Democrats out of office. Well, the way we do that is not by recalling them, but doing it at the ballot box, right? Right, right. Well, and and now we actually, you know, every everybody really needs to overwhelm the system because the the potential for ballot fraud and harvesting and union tactics and um, is so ginormous in Oregon. We've been doing this mail-in ballot stuff. It ought to be one person one ballot with your ID, going to the precinct uh, place, filling out the paperwork, saying, hi, Margie, how are you? Checking in and um, getting a paper ballot and filling it out by hand and having it be there local in small subsets counted and managed by people in your neighborhood so that they know you, you know them, at least they're familiar with your name and you live over on Green Street, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot have this mass mail-in. How many million, does anybody know how many million foreign nationals, illegal aliens, undocumented uh, immigrants, whatever you want to call them, does anybody know how many are in Oregon? We see the seams busting because um, Abbott was smart enough to send a handful of them up to New York, but he he didn't send millions to New York. He sent, you know, uh, under, under 200,000. He sent under a hundred thousand. I don't know if he sent 10 buses, that would only be, um, like, uh, let's say 100 people in a bus, 10 buses, that would be a 1,000 people. The, the millions have come across the border, and they're breaking the U.S. economy, and this is purposeful, not accidental. 
Yeah, and what's interesting, I, I think uh, there's a story here on Gateway Pundit about um, illegal border crossers in New York City are going to get debit cards worth $10,000 each. Why wouldn't they want to come to New York City? Hmm? Well, well, yeah, well, that that's actually, uh, there you go. That's the point that the, these guys, because they never think past the immediate consequence, they say, here, $10,000, I won't have to buy you a parka today. Well, that's actually not true because as, now that you've popped the lid and everybody who can speak Spanish or Chinese or, um, y- you know, Maasai can then get on a bus. They know where there's a $10,000 uh, debit card to be used for anything. And they will go to those cities. It will attract them like flies. It will be like honey on pancakes. And they are going to have a mess on their hands because just like the Measure 110, we thought if we gave fentanyl away for free, i.e. no criminal uh, consequences, no penalty, just go about life, we'll give you a good talking to, we'll jab our finger in your chest, but you can do as you please, it's your life, live a happy life. And what they always don't realize is without impacting and destroying the lives of those around you, and it can't be done. My brother's dead because of a drug overdose and um, and narcotics from the day he was 15. He's six, six years older than I am, long gone and dead because at 15, he got tied up in this stuff and could never go straight, never, ever, ever. And my parents tried, they fought with each other. They argued about how to do it. It was turmoil at our house. And, um, and it's a tragedy, walking tragedies in the lives all around us because of bad policy, a lack of moral understanding, no good teaching and training about it's why why do we think quote unquote it's good to be high all the time? Why don't we think and why isn't it taught that it's good to be prudent, to be of sound mind? to be of sound reason, to think through problems, to strive, to work harder, to get ahead. What's wrong with those concepts? And isn't that what made America great? Well, it is, and it is what mankind in his soul from the beginning of time has desired to do, and, and that's to produce, to to move ahead or feel like you're moving ahead in your life. And if you're constantly being drug addicted or alcohol addicted you're unable to do that so it, it i and i'm going to ask you uh senator to hang on through through the break uh because i i want to i want to get to this i think it's really important last night at the coffee clutch a business owner by the name of tyson was listening to us he wasn't part of our group he's part of another group and, and he came up to me afterwards, and, and he's an unaffiliated voter, doesn't like either party. He's not a Trump guy at all. He's not voting for Biden. He's not voting for Trump. Okay. But he said something important. Is he really is looking for collaboration, for, for people in the center to come together. In your mind, is that even possible in Oregon right now? 
Yeah, are we coming back, or or you want to, want to go no, right no? Now? We we we've got like a like a minute and a half, and then we'll go to break when you hear the music. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's only it's only right now the tribalism is intense. We've got the far left, we've got the far right. With those two areas seem at odds. But what what I keep preaching about is let's and and Jefferson said this as well as Bastiat. They said, pay attention to the truth, set the truth as your arrow, and only then can you, I guess that was Washington. It's the bottom quote in my newsletter. Set your arrow towards truth, and then your way will be straight. And so what, what politics has become, and this is why the tribalism is so intense, is it's become false claims built on false data to create momentum to get something that you want instead of going for the truth. We've got to focus on truth to set our path straight. Well said. Folks, you also need to look at the truth of doing business with Freedom Heating and Air, folks. They'll make your life better. Check them out, freedomheatingandair.net. Back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 10 minutes till the top of the hour. In just a moment, we'll get back with our conversation with State Senator Dennis Lithicum. I do want to finish up with him. Uh, folks, got to remind you, when you buy products from MyPillow at these deep discounts, your life is going to be better. As you know, I'm getting ready to move into my new home. And that means I need a bunch of sheets. So I'm going to do this very thing. I'm going to use my own promo code, PC23, on MyPillow.com. And I'm going to get a, a lot of their great sheets and down comforters. Because I need all of that stuff. Plus more of the new MyPillow 2.0. Folks, I use these products. I sleep on those sheets right now. I love those Giza Dream sheets. Never slept on something any better. And you won't either. So go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code PC23. And get these great discounts and live a better life. Mike Lindell's great products. Eileen writes an email. Thatcher's bill. It's dead in Washington. I sure hope Thatcher stops trying to pass her bill to put Oregon on permanent standard time. It's dead in Washington. California is very slow, and I doubt it will pass there. What a mess for commuters between Washington and Oregon is just an example. Now, there's more to it, but let me see. Kim addressed that last night when she was at our political coffee class. The voting on the bill today in the Oregon Senate. Okay, She says most of the people that have contacted her office are in support of it. She said, yeah, it didn't get through the Washington session There'll be a temporary inconvenience. They, Washington says they're going to bring it back in 2025. So we'll see. California's slow. She says, you know, they are working with people 
people to get past there. So, okay, there you go. Senator Linticum, i got to ask you, aren't you signed on to that bill as one of the sponsors? Are you voting yes for it? Uh, I am on it, and and I don't really have a um, a strong uh, a a strong belief one way or the other. I think it's fine to bring it uh, bring it up and have conversations about it. Most of the science that we saw was that um, the just standard time w- works for everybody. It's good for your brain. It's good for your circadian rhythm. It's good for and they presented that material um, it, going to daylight savings all the time. Uh, sounds fine by me switching our uh, one hour forward and backwards. Doesn't bother me a bit. Um, your, your cell phone does it automatically anymore, you know? And, um, and so uh, I'm, I I don't care. I wish more people had an opinion about it because the people who who uh, dislike it are loud, and the people who like it are loud. But there's millions in the middle. Yeah. The, well, I got to tell you, main, and and the main thing is we've got to be the Western states have to go together. You can't go. For for example, Hawaii doesn't go on to uh, daylight savings time, but these western states, Oregon, California, Washington, need to be united. Otherwise, it's, uh, whoever wrote that note to you just now is absolutely right. What a mess! Crossing some boundary and um, and having having it change. Well, and there's an easy way to fix that. This bill, if it passes today in the Senate, and it probably will, goes over to the House. You just fix it in the House. You just put a provision in the bill that says this new law won't go into effect unless Washington and California pass it also. And that that's right. how you fix that problem. And that, you know, because it is going to be a problem. It's temporary in nature, but it's still going to be a problem. Uh, all right. So uh, enough of that. Got to give you the last couple of minutes here. I want you to talk about your latest newsletter and I mean, you sort of alluded to it and we've sort of been talking about it. Tell people how they can get your latest newsletter to begin with and then what you're what you're putting forward. Uh, send me a note, Dennis, at electdennis.com and um, I'll put you on my newsletter just on the subject line, say subscribe. And um, I'll be happy to put you on my latest newsletter the um, the thing that I'm trying to hammer home here is we need to break our allegiance to government. We need to break the uh, compliance standards. Unfortunately, we taught these standards into uh, our generation and our kids. And the next generation coming up is teaching a different set of standards. They're teaching standards that are about um, activism, riots, and results from political violence. We have to go about this by changing hearts and minds. When you talk about having a winsome character, being accurately understanding the uh, truth that's in front of us, and presenting that to people who are um, have a winnable spirit, that's the most important thing we can do because government doesn't solve problems. They fund them. 
And now that they funded the problems, the question for us is how in the world do we get out of this mess? Um, apparently, 108 million people are on means-tested welfare of some variety. There's only 350 in the U.S. And 101 people are paying their taxes. So this is now we've got, you know, t- tax frauds in there somewhere. We've got people who are tax exempt in there somewhere. We've got people who are um, living off the the work, hard work of their neighbors and not carrying their own weight. And we need this is a factor we need to instill in the lives of the next generation. If we don't instill this in the lives of the upcoming generations, America is done for as an experiment in self-governance and the totalitarians will win. So I'm saying Let's put the totalitarians out of business. They're mostly Democrat. And since the, we can see their, their, um, their big blue colors and their feel-good wokeism right on their shirt sleeve, those are the individuals we should toss from office. Thank you, Senator. As always, we deeply appreciate your time with us. And hopefully maybe we'll see you next Monday night at the uh, Political Coffee Clatch. We've got a great presentation on tolling and the ODOT scam behind it all. It's a PowerPoint well, see, presentation. A, if you haven't seen it, 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 you need to see it. It's another example, right? I, are they going to fix traffic or just tax us by putting um, tolling stations all over the map where there are no toll roads, but they dropped in a couple of um, you know uh, tolling stations to collect the loot? It, it's it's a, a, a abominable. It is. Senator, thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Godspeed. Uh, Lee writes, Sue Susie, it's an email, says, one of the responsibilities of our elected leaders is protection. There's been talk about a Biden lawsuit, but I believe we should consider the same for Oregon leadership that has allowed Oregon to be the homeless and centenary death leader in America. And then Rich writes an email, well, the Democrats have now reached their goal. Number one in the nation for drug problems. What happened to Ed Deal's House bill? That is the one that will actually work. Mannix's bill, from what you stated, just makes government bigger while pacifying the progressives. Oops, the communists. All right, folks, thanks for hanging out with us today. Sorry, more phone calls in. Some days like that. Be blessed. Be praying for this great state and this nation and being ready to fight every way you can. See you tomorrow.